Welcome to the From Battle to Business podcast. In this podcast, business coach and fellow veteran Dean Van Dyke will bridge the gap between service and civilian life, helping guide veteran business owners to supercharge their business and unlock hidden profits. You wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business. Let's get to it. Robert Poole is the co-founder of Total Business Results. He helps entrepreneurs who are tied to their businesses make the transition from operator to owner in their business so they can finally achieve the freedom they got into in the first place. He's a graduate of West Point, previously an Army officer, and has over 25 years of experience in helping entrepreneurs grow their companies and turn them into saleable assets that don't depend on them for the day-to-day operations. Today, he's going to share a little bit about how to get free from your business and get back the freedom and time that most of us got into this game for in the first place. Well, welcome back. This is From Battle to Business with your host, Dean Van Dyke. And today, I am fortunate to have Robert Poole join us on the podcast. Welcome, Robert. Oh, thank you very much. Glad to be here, Dean. Oh, it's great to have you. And I hear you're, we were talking pre-show, you're in sunny Scottsdale. So that's uh, a little bit better than the weather I've got here. It's cloudy and raining. So uh, it's great to have you. Uh, but I'd love for the audience to know a little bit more about you. And so if you could, in 60 seconds or less, tell us who Robert is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am um, ex- ex-military, like a lot of people probably listening. Um, I was an uh, Army officer uh, for a couple of years. Um, and then when I got out, uh, I got into entrepreneurship and have been doing uh, sales and marketing entrepreneurship for 25, 28 years now. I uh, live here in Scottsdale, Arizona with my beautiful wife and kids. And um, I would uh, love to tell you all my great hobbies, but business is really my hobby. So I'm uh, I'm one of those guys. Um, but uh, so, uh, yeah, that's that's Robert in 60 seconds or probably less. Nice. No, that's awesome. So, you know, the military has a way of shaping us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so how did the military service prepare you for what you're doing now? You know, the, there's. Uh, I was thinking about the other day, and the, the military is really so powerful in the um, the discipline habits that it teaches. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean just discipline like we traditionally think about discipline, but the um, the way it, it changes um, us as people and allows us to grow as people. And that's something that I think is not taught in other um, uh, other backgrounds, you know, mm-hmm. and so when we when we make that transition from the military to the civilian, like there's so many lessons that we can take with us that we're so far ahead of the average person, you know, who may be the same age, for instance, um, you know, just little things like, um, and I'll give you an example. Uh, when I was at, at West Point, the, the first uh, year, you know, you're a, you're a plebe, and so the upper mm-hmm. class, you know, kind of harass you, and that that first uh, summer is. Um, they make it so hard that uh, you're only allowed to four, uh, say four things, four answers for a question. They call it your four responses. So uh, yes, sir, no, sir, no excuse, sir, and sir, I do not understand. And so, uh, you know, you can ask, uh, he can, a cadet may ask you, um, you know, what's the weather like today, you know, cadet? And, you know, how do you answer that out of, you know, yes, sir, no, sir, no excuse, sir, and sir, I do not understand. Uh, and you can't. And, but, um, uh, so it would, turn into you know no excuse sir you know and 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 that sort of uh, thing and but the point of doing that uh it was very frustrating but the point of doing that was to get you to take accountability for everything so you know why is uh you know why is it raining today cadet uh well uh, no excuse sir and obviously it's completely out of our control it's nothing to do with us but it, it's a hyper way of teaching you accountability 
uh, because mm -hmm. as we know, all know uh, in the military, of course, in that context, uh, it's life and death sometimes uh, when right. it comes to taking accountability and taking ownership. Uh, so they they use an extreme way of trying to teach that lesson. And, uh, and we can take that same lesson in the civilian world when we get into like owning a business, for instance, you know, uh, a lot of times people, it's natural in society for us to, you want to blame outside circumstances, you know, um, you know, your sales are not going well. Uh, well, it's the economy or, you know, I can't find any good people, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's the quality of our workforce or it's the politicians in Washington or it's, you know, whatever excuse you want to come up with. And by learning lessons like that accountability, you realize that if you take ownership of whatever problem you have uh, and you say, you know what, it starts with me, uh, I've got to fix it. It's got nothing to do with anybody else. That really empowers you and gives you a leg up on other people in business who are finger pointing and trying to come up with excuses. Uh, and so it, that military background, I think, helps us, um, you know, in, in a lot of ways, but that's accountability is a big one. And uh, something that really served me from the beginning of my career, I mean, there's so many other things, but I think that's a, a big example I like to use a lot because I think it's, you know, uh, such had such a big impact on me, you know, in my business. Yeah, it's, a, I mean, you know, when you think about accountability and just how the military structured, right? So we, we know going in, well, most know going in, some are going in blind. Uh, but, you know, from an accountability perspective, it's, it is one of the things that is, it's instilled in us that, you know, we take responsibility for our gear, for our loadout, for, you know, just everything that that's uh, within our control. And, um, but I think it's, it's interesting, because you talk about in an entrepreneur making that transition from operator to owner, but I think accountability ties right into that. Right. And it's, um, but from your perspective, and I know this is, um, you know, a lot of your focus, but how does an entrepreneur make that transition? Because it's, it's tough. I mean, I speak to business owners that, you know, think it's, um, they should be working 70, 80 hours a week to be successful. When in fact, we know that that's not the case, but um, so help help us understand how that transition from operator to owner, um, how you make it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And, um, you know, it was one of those things that, that actually took me a long time to learn. As I mentioned, I, you know, my current business owned it for 22 years. And uh, I would say for about 15 of those years, I was that guy working, you know, 60, 70 hours mm -hmm. a week. And um, it, it took a, a big event in my life, my business partner passing away suddenly and me oh, wow. uh, uh, being uh, suddenly in charge of a multi-million dollar company without any kind of support, no, you know, um, business partner to mentally, you know, use as a crutch, uh, you mm -hmm. know, and I had to I force myself to make that transition because I realized, you know what, I can't do that if I've got, if I want to have any kind of life, I've got to figure out how to get this thing to run by itself. And so, um, but, you know, you hit on, you know, a real important thing, Dean, that at the beginning, you know, when you said um, that it, uh, we have to, um, you know, make that transition first, it's a, it's a mindset, that's the mm -hmm. most important thing. And it's, it's difficult, because, you know, in something like our backgrounds in the military, it's very structured, everything we do. Um, and, you know, there's, there's process and everything, which is all good. Um, but uh, a lot of times, 
you know, when we come into business, we tend to want to control things there and we have a hard time delegating, um, you know, which is one of the biggest things I still have problems with that, you know, and I know a, a lot of business owners do um, because, I mean, let's face it, we say, well, geez, I can, you know, I can, it's by the time I teach this person how to do it, I could do it myself or nobody can do it as good as I can. I mean, <laughs> let's face it, that's, that's what most of us end up thinking, you know, um, we do. but you know, the, uh, but the problem is that that thinking, um, that's not an owner thinking, that's an operator right. thinking. And so uh, the the biggest, the most difficult thing is really changing our mentality uh, and realizing that our job is not to do tasks, so to speak. Our job is to focus on the strategic level things, the things that are actually going to grow the business, you know, focusing on, you know, what kind of clients do we need to get? What kind of customers do we need to have? You know, how do we acquire those customers? Mm -hmm. uh, so it's it's a little bit like going from, you know, um, you know, your E1, E2, you know, uh, you know, you're you're an implementer um, versus, you know, that the the post commander or whatever, he's not implementing anything. He's not, he's not sitting there, you know, um, you know, writing out specific things, you know, his, he's got somebody doing all that. And uh, so he's focusing on the bigger issues and that's what um, it, it's hard for us in business. Cause we, we learn how to do it in the military, but then we kind of forget in business is the same thing. We kind of, um, and I think it's because, um, you know, the civilian war doesn't teach that we kind of fold into ourselves and get kind of, uh, we forget of the lesson that we learned in the military um, about what we should be focusing on. So step one is making that mental transition to discipline yourself to do the right things, to focus on that strategy, to focus mm -hmm. more on the business, not not in it, so to speak. Yeah, and I think that that's, I mean, you know, when you think about, I'm actually going through some of that right now, some changes I'm potentially going to make here as we move quickly towards the end of the year. Um, it's, it's identifying, you know, what, what can I offload? What, what should I offload? And, and it's, it's one of the things where, you know, I was, I was on a mastermind call earlier today and, um, we were kind of brainstorming, uh, potential solutions. And one of, one of the, one of my colleagues on the call was like, you need to stop doing that. I was like, well, I'm kind of a control freak. So it's like, you know you've got to shift that mindset and, and it is all about mindset uh, when you think about it. Um, but, you know, the, one of the, you know, how do you know that you've made that shift? Is it, you know, I'm thinking strategically, I'm not, I don't have a list of tasks that I need to do, even though there's going to be tasks you need to do, but how do you know you've made that shift successfully? Well, I think in general that um, I always like to think about it in terms of uh, if I went to Tahiti for three weeks, just dropped everything tomorrow uh -huh. uh, and didn't take my phone, wasn't allowed to access the Internet. When I got back for, for after three weeks, is my company still there? <laughs> is it, are we still in business? Um, you know, and more importantly, are we thriving? Um, so to me, that's the ultimate holy grail of, of being that business owner. Um, you know, and, and how you make that transition mentally and, and kind of know where you are. I think when you're, when you're starting to feel uncomfortable, starting to feel guilty, like I should be doing this task, mm -hmm. I should be doing this thing, you're probably on the right track. In, in, in my experience, when I, when I first started trying to make that transition, 
um, you know, I, I started feeling a little guilty, like I should be doing these things, uh, you know, and it's because I was used to that mentality of, of implementing versus uh, focusing on working on the business as a whole. So, yeah. um, uh, you know, unfortunately, it's one of those things that when you feel uncomfortable, you're probably doing the right thing, you know, so. Um, well, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the important thing, right, is that you're, it, anytime there's growth, it's usually when you're doing the uncomfortable. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, unless I'm doing a Spartan race, which I did in September, that was just uncomfortable, the whole thing. Um, <laughs> but uh, does the does that type of transition vary among folks or, or business owners? Or is it, is it, you know, you just wake up one morning and aha, I've, I've transitioned. Yeah, no, I, you know, I would like to say that it's a, um, you know, you wake up one morning and you're done uh, type of thing. But um, like, like most things in life, it's a spectrum, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so to speak. So, and it depends on where you are in that spectrum. Um, oh. You know, it's the, you know, if you have a, let's say a larger, more mature business, uh, you've got, you know, I mean, a lot so you know, substantial company, a hundred employees, let's say, or, you know, so it's a substantial business, uh, you know, it's kind of like a um, trying to turn an ocean liner's directions versus trying to turn the direction of a speedboat. Uh, so mm-hmm. you can't you can't expect that to happen overnight. Uh, it is going to take time. Um, you know, uh, but if you're uh, you know a solopreneur, you're one. You know, you're just you, or just have you know one employer, mm-hmm. couple contractors, or something. You'd obviously make that transition a lot quicker. But right. I think again, it comes back to when you realize that. Um, that you're not doing, uh, you're not big on the implementation. You're big on the what needs to be done, not not am I doing it? Um, kind of um, attitude when you start to realize and, and realize that you're focusing on those things and not on the daily grind, so to speak. I think uh, that's when you mentally have made that that leap. Uh, and, and it's not to say we all, you know, that's why I say it's a spectrum. I, it's kind of like golf. You can never really win, so to speak. Uh, you what? Can't, you, you just can't blew get my whole under. theory about golf. <laughs> that's you right. Never win? That, that's my excuse for, for not hitting par anyway. Um, oh, well, that's, I, I don't even, <laughs> yeah. Okay. We won't get into that today. <laughs> but, um, you know, so it's, um, you know, it, it's a theoretical thing because you can never 100% get there, so to speak. Um, Agreed. You've always got to check in on things, you know. Um, it's just just like an investment. It's uh, It depends on on how how much you're involved, uh, how much you want to be involved. But um, I guess it's about having the freedom to decide what level you want to be involved. Uh, true, true. Which is, you know, it, it always, I kind of laugh when I think about it because, here we are. Most of us get into entrepreneurship. I would say just about everybody, because what do we want? We want freedom. Uh, we don't want to have a boss. You know, we want to be mm-hmm. able to make as much money as we can. All those things. And typically, after a couple of years, you know, you can sit somebody down and say, "How's that working for you?" Uh, you know, and it's usually the, usually the other way around. You know, you're working harder, longer hours, sometimes for the same pay, sometimes less. You know, um, and uh, so it's but making that transition is allows you to get back that freedom get that those goals that you originally got into it in the first place yeah it's uh it's interesting i have a client that made that transition uh you know they had a they had a cabin in northern michigan that they wanted to spend like you said go to i think it was tahiti you know for a few weeks and they wanted to go spend four weeks there and they tried but the phone kept going off right and what ended up happening is 
it's helping them understand that, you know, your current team that you have around you is not going to help you get there. And that's another thing too, is that, you know, most business owners, when they start the company, if they have a team around them, depending on, you know, the, the type of company it is, as they grow and as they shift more of those responsibilities, it may not be the same team. But that is that is a very, very tough conversation to have with somebody who's, you know, they've been in the trenches, right? Yes, um, absolutely. And, you know, team, I, I think you're totally onto it, Dean, that building a team is, is one of the biggest things I focused on because it's one of the biggest things that really moved the needle for me and allowed that transition. Um, it's something that, you know, we as we talked about, there's so many great lessons that we um, bring out of the military. But mm-hmm. one of the things that I brought but didn't realize that was actually holding me back a little bit, the, the military is very top down. You know, in other words, we have when we tell a subordinate do something, they have to. It's an order. Uh, there's not really an option, you know, uh, unless you want to end up in the brig. Uh, so, uh, and, you know, in, in the real world, though, um, people don't have to do what you tell them just because right. you speak. I mean, yes, you're paying them, but they can quit and go somewhere else. They have some options. Um, and so it's a, it's a different type of leadership in the sense that uh, you've got to get buy-in from people uh, that to a greater extent than you do in the military context. And that that transition took me a little bit because... Um, but eventually I, I also realized the, how critical having that right team, like you're talking about is, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to grow with you. Um, because, uh, we went again for years, um, with, you know, we had very high turnover at our company. Um, it was all, it was my way of the highway. Um, you know, it's like, you know, here's, here's the orders go implement, you know, um, and, uh, not, not the best management, um, you know, it, it's certainly in retrospect, but, um, but if you look at it in my mentality these days, your, your team, your employees, uh, contractors, whoever you have with you, um, I believe that's your single most important asset as a business owner. Um, you know, from, um, if you look at it from a business valuation standpoint, you know, from an outside firm, what's important to them, if they were to buy your business, probably your customer list is probably what's mm-hmm. most valuable, but right. for you, you know, as a business owner, if you put together the right team, um, you know, you can get sued out of business. You can lose your biggest customer. You can have all these catastrophic yeah. things that will happen, but if you've got the right team around you, those people that have bought in and believe in what you're doing, um, uh, you can start over and very quickly be back, you know, where you were before and probably better. So, you know, the, the emphasis on building that team. And of course, that's one of the most difficult parts, uh, you know, of owning a business, in my opinion, um, it is. building that team. And unfortunately also getting rid of the ones that don't fit that team and, and creating that culture, you know, um, but it's, it's absolutely critical. I, I think you're totally right on that. Yeah. And I mean, it's like in the military, we're given our team, right? We, we don't get to choose typically. And yeah. so it, you've got to work with what you've been given uh, in the private sector. It's, it's, it's a lot different. And I think the, um, I, I think that's, you know, the team is really what in the culture is really what's going to drive the company forward. And I just think it's, it's one of the things where, you know, I, I was speaking at a conference um, and I heard the exact same thing you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, I can't find anybody to work. Uh, and I'm like, hmm, let's take a look at how you're doing it. What's the process you're using? What, you know, what is, are you using to attract them in? Mm-hmm. And 
and it was interesting. Um, it, you know, I, I, I said, Hey, this is what I would recommend you do. Make some changes here. Um, from a process perspective, I would, you know, eliminate this and add this. And, and it's interesting. Um, we did the work right there in the workshop and I heard from a few of them, uh, later on I said, Oh, it actually worked. I'm like, well, that's why I came and spoke. But, um, so yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, it, uh, it is a, a team is really, it's the crux of the business, right? If you have one and I just got a, a text message prior to our recording here. Um, they've added some employees and, and, uh, they've lost some through one retired and one wasn't working out. And now they're back to a full team again. And the owner's just so happy. I got a text of, Hey, look at this. Everybody's, you know, everybody's logged into their shift and everything. And I was like, yep, that's great. But, uh, but no, I love this conversation about the shift, uh, owner to uh, operator to owner, but I want to shift into the new topic of cold calling because that is one I just, uh, I've done cold calling um, and I'm not going to say I love it, uh, <laughs> but it, it is something that, you know, you hear a lot of, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to, right? Um, cold calling is dead. No, cold calling still works. You just got to do, you know, do it this way. And so I'd love to, I'd love to understand from you, uh, you've got, you know, you've got cold calling uh, background. What, and I've read that, you know, the fear of cold calling is like the fear of speaking um, in front of a crowd. Although I love speaking and I love actually being on podium and, and speaking. So it must be weird. Uh, but uh, it, it sounds like, you know, tell us about cold calling. What, what is the current state? I mean, is it still, you know, one of the top ways for sales? I mean, what, what is the, um, what, what, what's the skinny on cold calling? Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, just to, give your audience a little context, uh, Dean, uh, I, I didn't mention it, but the, the company that I own and, and started 22 years ago, um, this current company uh, is primarily based around cold calling uh, and okay. we do, it's B2B cold calling. So uh, just to clarify that, we're not talking about the old days of, you know, getting the call while you're at the dinner table, so to speak, you know, trying to sell uh, you vitamins or something. Um, yeah, that, that, um, Consumer-based cold calling is a goner, in my opinion. I mean, pretty much any call you get these days is a scam. So, um, but we're so what we're talking about is is uh, businesses calling other businesses. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, the short answer is yes, it still does work and it works very effectively. Uh, but it's like everything. Um, I think people um, tend to to go from shiny object to shiny object. Uh, you know, uh -huh. just in general, and marketing is no different. And, um, you know, we've been doing this, as I said, for 22 plus years. And I did prior to that, you know, I've, I've done hundreds of thousands of, of cold calls personally, um, over my, my time. And, um, you know, it's, it's one of those things that in the right scenario, the right situation, um, it works wonderfully. Um, mm -hmm. for instance, uh, it tends to be work better for things that are high ticket. You know, uh, if you're selling mm -hmm. something that's, you know, $10,000, let's say, um, it's much more effective than 
you know, if you're going to try to sell something that's $27, you know, uh, it's you're probably more likely to have more success selling it online, you know, so to speak. Oh, sure. You know, there's certain industries that that tend to fit better. Uh, like we do a lot of work in the uh, mergers and acquisitions, business brokers. Um, we do okay. work with commercial um, insurance agents, um, things that are, uh, again, professional B2B type of uh, scenarios. Um, whether you're dealing with executives, um, you know, managed IT, those types of things that, you know, again, it's, um, you know, if it's consumer based, it doesn't really work. Um, but the way I look at marketing, just in general, to give you a context, it, uh, you know, everybody that uh, likes to think that, oh, you know, whatever we're teaching marketing wise, that's the holy grail, you know, uh, mm -hmm. and you need to do this. So, if, uh, we, if we're a social media company that specializes in, you know, Facebook ads or whatever, well, Facebook ads is for everybody and you should all do it, um, you know, and whenever somebody tells you that, I, I would run the other way because uh, as my, one of my original business mentors said, uh, everything works sometimes and nothing works all the time. Works so, all the time. Yep. Um, you know, uh, so we've got to really, the reality is for most of our businesses, there's probably only a couple of marketing techniques that will actually work mm -hmm. really effectively for what you're doing. So you need to find out what those are. A lot of times, the only way to do it is to test it, um, right. you know, but so, you know, running Facebook ads may be gangbusters for you. Um, you know, cold calling may work for you, you know, again, in the right, if it's higher ticket or whatever, that right situation, right. Right. Um, you know, doing old fashioned mailer still works, you know, for the right context, you know, um, there's um, one of the reasons as a side note that cold calling works is because a lot of business owners believe it or not, even in this day and age, are not big social media users. So they're not checking Facebook or LinkedIn all day long, And uh, but they, they'll open up the mail or they might answer the phone themselves, depending on the size of the company, uh, and you get to them that way. So, um, you know, it's, it's a long answer, but, um, uh, we, you know, we've do millions of dollars a year and uh, we've had clients that have been with us, I think, I was looking at a client the other day has been with us since 2003. So what is that? 20 years. Wow. You know? Congratulations. So, um, yeah. So I, I, but I mean, not that we're so great, but just the point is that, um, that it has worked in the past and it still works very well. So, um, you know, is the, the long answer to your question. No. And I, I, you know, I, whenever I get pitched Facebook ads, LinkedIn ads, um, you know, I always push back pretty hard because, it's you're right it you need to understand your client first of all and mm -hmm. you need to understand what is their where they where do they live um a few years ago uh, pre-pandemic uh, i was uh, giving a workshop on the lean canvas and in, in starting up and one of the things is is identifying who your ideal client is and where do you find them and i always gave the example of you know my youngest son um, you know, if you're going to search for him on Facebook, good luck. If you're going to search for him, uh, well, I don't know about TikTok nowadays because TikTok wasn't there back then, but, um, uh, you know, he's an Instagram and Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. he's a sports fanatic and, you know, and just, and, but he's very visual. He's not, you know, he's not going to be, um, He's not going to be on Facebook. In fact, I don't even think he's ever had a Facebook account. But if you're going to market to him, you need to understand where he lives, right? And if you don't know that, um, 
it's not going to work for you. And so I absolutely agree with you testing and doing the work um, and just understanding, you know, where they live is important because I've had great conversations, cold calling. Um, and I've, um, you know, have I ever gotten a client from it? I'll admit no, uh, but I've had some great conversations with them and, you know, and giving them some, some uh, business tips, but uh, it's, no, you're right. It, it's really understanding about who's the best fit for it. And because uh, when I first got into the business coaching advisory role, you know, my mentor was like, oh, you just got to dial. You just got to get your phone out and dial. And I listened for a little bit, uh, but it was more of, you know, it's tough to build a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. when you're just reaching out to them for the very first time. And, um, but uh, it's, it's one of the things where uh, I did eventually get, I, I did eventually enjoy doing it. Um, but I haven't done it in many years. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things that, you know, it goes back to what we were talking about, uh, you know, at the beginning, the, the concept of um, being an owner versus an operator. And uh, uh, the, the operator is, is making those cold calls themselves. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that, you know, starting out if that's if that's an effective technique for you. But uh, as soon as you can, that's something you want to outsource. Um, right. You know, uh, that, I mean, that's how we stumbled into the business initially is because we were, believe it or not, we were, this is like 1999, uh, we were selling okay. websites, uh, my business partner and I, and that was our thing. And, and we couldn't afford advertising at the time because we were just starting out. So we cold calling is the only thing we could do. So, um, but eventually I realized I couldn't go on the appointments and close the sales if I'm calling all day. So we, we hired a gal to do that for us. And, you know, uh, you know, many years later, here we are. But um, so the point is as quickly as you can, you want to find somebody else to help you with that um right not that you can't do it but it's a matter of should you do it like a lot of things in our business very true i shouldn't do my own accounting that's for sure um <laughs> <Doing> both <laughs> yeah so how um i mean you you've obviously you've obviously got you know folks on the phone but you know one of the key things is getting rejected um yeah. i mean nobody likes getting rejected but how do you um how do you help them overcome that? Cause I mean, I, I don't like getting, I didn't like getting rejected, which is one of the reasons I got turned off from doing it. And, yeah. and, and again, I found other more successful ways of than calling, but you know, it, it, it's evolved over the years, I'm sure. But how do you help folks not, I mean, just let it roll off their back. Yeah. And uh, you know, you're right. There, there are very few people that, in this world that uh, rejection is something they enjoy. Uh, so, you know, I, <laughs> well, if you do, then I think, um, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I'm not yeah. sure we want them, you know, on the phone anyway. Um, but uh, uh, so it's, it's a total natural thing. Um, so it, it, it is like a lot of things in life that um, it's a combination of things. So we have to, you know, of course, discipline, it does take effort. Um, sure. But, um, you know, there's little tricks that you can do to help yourself make it easier and less painful, you know, okay. Um, one of the things, and, and I don't do as much cold calling these days, but um, in the old days, one of the things I used to do was uh, I listened to a real estate trainer once who was well big into it. And he said, when you come into the office in the morning, um, 
don't um, check your voicemail. Don't check your email. You know, they didn't have social media at the time, but don't check your social media. Don't look at the news. Don't do any of that. Um, do your cold calls first. Uh, the reason is because you don't want your mind cluttered with anything possible negative. Um, and it's because um, because you, you're going to get sucked dry a little bit because there's going to be some negativity. So you can't afford to have anything else already in there uh, before you start. Um, you know, and it, it's a high energy activity. Um, mm -hmm. It's one of those things that I highly recommend, you know, if you're doing it yourself again, that, um, you know, you have a stand up desk that because we all tend to do better when we're standing. Oh, there you go. Yes, <laughs> I, uh, I, I've had a standing desk for years and only the last few months I had to kind of sit down because I got a bad back. But um, uh, but what that, that gives you energy, you know, when it comes across sure. the phone. Um, and it, it makes life easier for you because when yeah. you get a better reaction, that's when um, it makes it easier for you. Um, and sometimes, you know, it, it really is. You do have to force yourself to get through those first few calls to start getting into a rhythm. Mm -hmm. uh, but then you find, like you said, you find people that, oh, hey, this person's actually nice and, you know, they're pleasant to talk to and everything. Um, and you use that as fuel to go to the next call. Um, and you know, a lot of people, what do we do when we, let's say we, we're trying to set appointments and, and so we're dialing away and, and get rejected. And then finally somebody agrees to an appointment. We think, hey, great, you know, score, you know, it's my day. And, you know, uh, so happy and excited. And then I'm going to go celebrate. So I'm going to go, you know, go to lunch or I'm going to go, you know, do whatever, you know. Um, uh, yeah. The problem is you, you lose the momentum. So as soon as you have a positive outcome on the phone, you want to use that to spur yourself further and keep going. Um, and then, uh, you know, I would say one of the other things that, that this sounds funny, but it, it does go back to mindset. One of the things that really helped me over the years is, you know, if we believe in what we're offering people that we mm -hmm. actually think, hey, this is actually going to help somebody. Um, this is going to make their life better. Um, there are people on the other end of that list, so to speak, that desperately want and need what you're offering. Right. Um, and if we don't wade through the other people and the, some of the negativity, you know, well, let's face it, we're kind of screwing those people over. You know, I hate to say it that way, but those people that are waiting for us, we're leaving them hanging. Uh, yeah. So it's our job to be courageous enough to get through and wade through the other stuff to get to those people who actually need our help and who are going to be glad we called. Uh, yeah. And if we, we kind of remind ourselves of that, you know, when that person hangs up on us or, you know, gives us the verbal finger, so to speak, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> then that, that, um, that if we I've heard that come that, through the phone, by the way. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, you know, well, I, these days with zoom, I guess, you know, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever heard of, um, you know, zoom cold calls, but, uh, I'm sure that's coming. Oh, uh, no, it's, it was a cold call via the, you know, the standard telephone line, but it was, uh, it was the finger and verbal. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Well, you, you know, you call enough people, uh, you're going to find some some strange things. You know, it's just like anything in True. life. You can't make this stuff up. You know, uh, I've had um, people uh, tell me they're going to come down and kill me and, you know, and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know. Um, but um, it's just uh, that's that's the society we live in. And, you know, yeah. some strange ducks out there. But um, so you have to laugh it off sometimes. But but again, I think that particular thing really helped me. Uh, and it, and I would literally write it out, you know, somewhere, a phrase mm -hmm. or something that would make me think about it and post it in front of me um, yeah. so that I can remember, oh, yeah, that person needs me is waiting there. 
you know, um, if I, I mean, I can't just leave them hanging, you know, I mean, that's right. I've got a duty to get to them uh, yep. and help them out. So, um, so that's one of the biggest things that really helped me, but you know, um, it's, it's a skill like anything else, um, yep. you know, agreed. You know, some people say, well, they're a born salesperson or whatever, you know, and I, I don't believe that. I mean, there's certain personalities that, you know, there's obviously more people oriented, you know, personalities and all that. But really, it's about skills and it's something mm -hmm. that can be learned. So when you first start out, you're going to suck and you're supposed to, you know, so uh, that's OK. Uh, and but if you keep doing it, you won't after a while yeah. and it'll get easier. So um there, uh, I, I would like to tell you that it's easy and uh, you can be overnight success, but uh, hey, we all know life doesn't work that way. So, not typically, but I think it, you know, you're right. Cause I, I actually, so I, I had a, a colleague that we would, um, you know, go back and forth with. Like we had, you know, cause I, I had scripts I would use and, you know, they would object. And so it was, it actually became fun because you never knew what objection they were going to throw. And yeah. it was, I almost deemed it like sport, but I, one of the ways I used um, my mind to get through it is, so having been in the military, having been deployed, having been in law enforcement, I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, if this cold call is the only stress I'm going to feel, uh, I'm pretty sure I can get it done. And, uh, you know, eventually before I stopped doing it, I, I was enjoying it. Uh, I'd love, you know, I'd love dialing in, you know, logging in and, 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 um, uh, kicking the dialer and just hitting start and just letting it roll. And, and, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it I viewed it as sport. I viewed it yeah. as, you know, Hey, they, th there's somebody out there that needs help. Um, uh, you know, I talked to a gentleman who had, um, just closed his, uh, machine shop. Uh, it was post COVID, um, you know, it was post COVID and he had just closed it. Um, in fact, he was in Phoenix. Now that I think about it and, um, you know, he, had, you know, orders are dried up. I mean, and he's like, you know what, I'm done. I've had enough. I'm selling. Uh, he did, he sold all the equipment and everything. And, uh, he did pretty good on the sale, but he goes, I, I think I talked to him for like two hours and he actually gave me business tips. And I was like, Hey, you know. So it was, it was a great call. I, I actually chalked that up to one of the best cold calls I've ever had. And, uh, but, uh, well, Hey, this has been great. I've got a really, really tough question for you though. And I'm hoping it's, it's all right, but I always like to ask what three books you'd recommend to my audience and why. Mm. Um, let's see. I'm going to give you first my favorite one. Um, and this is something we give to all of our clients. Uh, it's a book, uh, called um, The Road Less Stupid, and I, I, I love the title. It's by a guy, guy named Keith Cunningham, and it's a it's a business book, business-oriented, uh, um, kind of one of those books that's got a lot of self-contained chapters, so you can kind of jump around, but um, just some uh, real real wisdom in there, so I always recommend that one. Um, I'm, uh, and, and I got to throw it in there, I'll feel guilty. Uh, I'm, I'm a Christian, so of course the Bible, you got to have that one on there. Um, back here. There you go. Um, that's probably number one on the list. But um, and then um, I would say uh, th there are two other classics uh, that I'll throw in there. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of your audience has, has heard of them. But um, The E-Myth by Michael Gerber, mm -hmm. uh, which is all about that whole concept of um, operator to owner. Uh, I read that probably when I was 
you know, just got out of the military. So I was probably 25. And I think okay. that really fundamentally affected my entire business career as a business owner and, uh, you know, in a, in a positive way. Um, and then, you know, the old classic Dale Carnegie, you know, how to win friends and influence people. Uh, you know, I mean, what was that written in like the twenties or something, I think, you know, and yeah, I think uh, it was about the same time as thinking grow rich. Yeah. You know, and yet yeah. again, that was one of those, those books that really changed my life as a young man, especially mm -hmm. making that transition from the military where let's face it, you know, people skills and getting somebody to like you, it, it was not a, a high priority. <laughs> you know, but it didn't it, have to be. Yeah. You know, um, so um I, I would say those three um, were, were probably my favorite ones are the ones that if you haven't read, you know, or if it's been a while since you've read one of those, um, I would highly recommend them. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting because I my first corporate gig, um, I don't know if you recall a, a computer manufacturer called Gateway, but uh, oh, yeah. so I was with them for for a number of years and uh, I was uh, the engineer that set up their Internet service provider helped them build that out and ultimately then took on the uh, I was in the engineering lab taking on the escalations for folks that had some issues significant technical issues and got promoted into management uh, because I did so well doing that and you know the military way of leadership just doesn't work in the corporate environment <laughs> that's, a, that's a nice so, way to say it yeah. you know the Dale Carnegie book I wholeheartedly agree with you on that one. Cause I, I mean, it, 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 you know, how to win friends and influence people. I mean, I mean, you don't have to do that in the military. No. I mean, you do when you reach like my son is currently a major in the infantry in the army and he now has to start to influence people cause it gets kind of political at right. that level. Um, and uh, so it's interesting. I, I, you know, I love that book. I think I've read it multiple times and, I think it's probably going to get back on my list for 2024 because it it's a it is an impactful book and uh, yeah. you know the Bible's another one you know Proverbs. <laughs> it, oh, you there's, know. there's so many biblical or um, lessons in the Bible that yeah. uh, you know we we don't <laughs> think of the Bible a lot of people think of it as a religious book and you know um, but uh, you know whether you uh, take it for what it is and believe it's God's words God's word like I do or you just think it's great reading um a lot of wisdom in there uh, yeah there's the leadership lessons that come out of there are just it yeah you, you know you you just it's, it's amazing um but uh so where can my audience go to learn more about you and um we'll definitely add that to the show notes but i'd love to be able to send folks to to uh your website or um you know i think uh, if you've got a number you they can reach out to you at I'd love to have them have a chat with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first, uh, I'm on um, the major social media platforms, uh, usually under the Robert Pool, kind of like a swimming pool with an E on the end. Um, and uh, like uh, YouTube channel's got a lot of videos and, and everything related to business topics. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, I was going to tell you, Dean, that I'd be happy to offer any of your audiences, you know, free 30-minute consultation on, you know, okay. the, the, that topic of, making that transition from operator to owner and uh, kind of get an idea of, of where you are in that spectrum right now and give you some, some actual ideas that um, you can start implementing, you know, in the next 90 days that you can actually 
um, make a, an impact and get a little bit of your freedom back. Um, so you can you can email me. Uh, I can put it in the show notes if you don't mind. Uh, just Robert at um, operatoronowner.net. And uh, or you can give our office a call. They can get through to me. Um, 866-231-6776. Uh, I'd be more than happy to talk to anybody from your audience because uh, I, I know what it's like to have that frustration. And um, I certainly uh, would love to speak with anybody about it and see if I can help out. Absolutely. So we'll definitely include that all of that in the show notes. And uh, it's been, a, I absolutely enjoyed having you on. And um, and as I love to do is I love to give my guests the final word. So I will give it all, I'll turn it over to you. Well, uh, yeah, thank you again for the opportunity, Dean. And uh, I would just say to our military brethren out there that, uh, you know, if you're thinking about getting into entrepreneurship or you're in it already, you know, um, just keep at it because remember it's a, uh, it is a game and the only way you lose is by quitting. So. I can't even, I'm not even going to respond to that because that's the best closing I've had in a long time. So I, I, Robert, it's been great. I greatly appreciate having you on. Uh, it's great to get to know you and, uh, I'm looking forward to this episode coming out. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks for listening. In order to help others, please subscribe and share this show up with other veteran business owners in your network. If you want specific guidance, feel free to book a complimentary call with Dean at deanvandyke.com. Remember, you wouldn't go into battle alone, and now you don't have to in business.